Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Mayo, and I am the Hackadaisical LibroCuberlist. The show, what is it? Well, to put it simply, it is one in which I discuss all the media I have consumed. I consume a metric shit ton of media because what the fuck else are you going to do? Go outside? Pshaw, I say to that. Uh, I break it up into segments, uh, you know, I, I push a button that gets us started like this. Movie monologue. I say a sponsor like this. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Groundhog Day. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first from 2020, Unhinged. Oh, probably, I feel like this, was there a radar? If there was a radar, this would have been under it, I feel like, potentially. Stars Russell Crowe, a a, a very large and imposing Russell Crowe, a a scary, uh, wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley on many levels, Russell Crowe, after a confrontation with Unhinged, with an unstable man they should call this movie unstable instead of unhinged why wouldn't you use the word unhinged instead of unstable you know what i'm gonna do my uh, revision on the fly of the imbida here after a confrontation with a with an unhinged an unhinged with a unhinged Hmm, maybe that's why. An unhinged sounds weird. An unstable man at an intersection, a woman becomes a target of his rage. Uh, yeah, he, uh, uh, Russell Crowe is just an insane person. An insane crazy person, uh, who takes road rage to levels heretofore unseen. Uh, just like, it's almost hard to comprehend the levels of road rage to trying to basically ruin a person's life. Uh, yeah, he's insane. And, uh, it's, it's, it's got some, uh, sweaty hand moments. Uh, it's him sort of trying to run her off the road. Uh, and it gets meta or not meta, but it gets deep too. It's, it's not just sort of a surface fear. It's, uh, I'm going to tear your life apart one sort of brick at a time where he's like finding her loved ones and, uh, and fucking with them. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. It reminds me a little bit of, oh, shit, uh, falling down. Uh, but if, uh, uh, was it Michael Douglas? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, if he was, you know, in more insane, uh, and, uh, uh, more sort of, uh, uh, instead of 
trying to figure out my D&D alignment charts. So this guy would be chaotic evil, for sure. Whereas Michael Douglas would be... Would he be neutral evil? Would he be chaotic neutral? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's definitely some differences between the two, but it sort of reminded me. Uh, Rating-wise... I think I'd go four. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely... Uh, uh, Russell Crowe's really good and just scary. Just scary. Period. Full stop. Uh, so, you know, if that sounds up your alley, there you go. We're going to, from 2021 somehow, Thunder Force we decided to watch, The Mrs. and I. Uh, this was bad. Yeah, this was uh, so bad it's bad. Uh, 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 it's... And let me read the MDA, I suppose. In a world where supervillains are commonplace, two estranged childhood best friends reunite after one devises a treatment that gives them powers to protect their city. Yeah, so it's like a comedy uh, superhero movie, I guess is what you would say. Uh, one sort of shining ray, Jason Bateman is good in it. He's got the lobster claws for hands. That's something. Um, it's just... Uh, laughs almost non-existent story not making sense lowest common denominator sort of uh, uh, movie rating wise geez do i go a one no i think i save ones for turned off and uh, probably should have wish i had it turned off so i'm gonna go 1.1 1. 1. Ah, yeah there you go that makes sense for thunder force really uh, avoid this one this is like one of the the meanest nastiest things i've ever said of a movie but uh yeah it just really rubbed me the wrong way uh moving on to from 1998 uh, uh urban legend yeah this one remember this one from back in the day a college student suspects a series of bizarre deaths are connected to certain urban legends this is definitely a sort of quintessential uh, a 1990s a teen uh, horror movie. Yeah, if, if you've seen anything that could be described as that, this would definitely fit nicely in there. And I do say nicely because uh, if you like that sort of movie, uh, if you have a nostalgia for that sort of movie, uh, this will definitely fit the bill. Uh, Rating-wise, just sort of on that note to get it out of the way, I feel like a solid four, maybe even four and change. Yeah, this, this is a... <laughs> like, it's dumb fun. And uh, it, 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 it's sort of your, not scary, sorry, your screams, your I know what you did last summer. Uh, these were all sort of around the same time. Uh, uh, they kind of stopped making these a little bit, I feel like. Like, do you still get, I suppose you do. There, there's just a different feel to the 90s ones compared to uh, modern day. Like, uh, what's that one? Record or Wreck. The one with... Uh, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Where it's like uh, 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 the killer is using like social media. That one, yeah, they're they're similar, but uh, a certain flair uh, to this. Uh, we've got uh, Jared Leto, a very young Jared. Well, young all of these actors because that's 1998. Jared Leto. We got uh, 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 Joshua Jackson. Hmm. Robert England in there. Tara Reid. Loretta Devine, yeah, she was good. Rebecca Gayhart, uh, yeah, she was friggin' huge back in the day. Uh, 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 we've got uh, Robert England, did I mention? Uh, 
Uh, we've got Michael Rosenbaum and Robert England, which I'm going to uh, uh, put to, together because they are two of uh, uh, dozens of people uh, who have uh, autographed Nerd Kane. Now, this doesn't come up in a while, but if you were to Google Nerd Kane Adventures, you would see a cane that looks like it's got a, a, a saw handle for a, a, a well, handle, um, uh, at various conventions, usually uh, around the Toronto area, because that's where I am. Uh, this cane is uh, being held by nerdy celebrities, autographed by them, and then also in the hands of hundreds, hundreds of cosplayers as I, uh, you know, took pictures of them. Why? Well, back in the uh, before times, I would uh, go to conventions and uh, uh, realizing that uh, a convention going uh, sort of a large portion of it involves standing in lines, combined with the fact that I got an up great back, uh, means that having something to lean on was uh, wise. Uh, now, if that's something that uh, I'm leaning on can be autographed by celebrities, hey, this is a classic two birds, one stone uh, situation, uh, combined with the fact that uh, uh, the confused, uh, often confused look of uh, cosplayers uh, wondering why they're holding a cane in a picture as I take a picture of them, uh, you know, was a delight that uh, I will probably miss because... The odds of uh, getting back to uh, jamming, you know, 100,000 plus people into a uh, convention hall seems like a, a distant memory and uh, one that might not happen again, which is sad. But also, uh, I'm happy that I had my time with uh, the whole adventure. So, you know, there you go, I suppose. Uh, urban Legends. What's it about? Yeah, you know, doesn't matter. Moving on to, from 1993, Groundhog Day. Oh, haven't watched this in a long time. It is, for some, uh, I've heard this uh, described as sort of the perfect movie. Uh, and I can definitely see that uh, an argument could be made for that case. Uh, a weatherman finds himself inexplicably, if you don't know the friggin', <laughs> if you don't know what the Groundhog Day is about, uh, you know, come on, you've been under a rock and, and it's just sort of used, you know what, for the first time, maybe ever, I don't know if this is true. I'm not going to read the IMDb. If you don't know what the movie Groundhog Day is about, turn this podcast off right now and go watch Groundhog Day. And if you don't like it, don't come back. Ooh, them's not fighting words because I'm a lover, not a fighter. Uh, so just words just words starring uh bill murray uh we got uh, andy mcdowell chris elliott stephen tobolowski stephen tobolowski uh way back in the day when i joined twitter whatever year that was the early aughts i do believe uh he was the first uh, celebrity i tweeted at who uh responded to me so you know i, I was have a special place in my heart for mr stephen tobolowski uh i think i what did i tweet to him about i think it was about he, he there's a movie it's sort of a documentary i guess it is called stephen tobolowski's birthday uh which you know what i don't really remember what it's about uh okay so because i'm not going to read the uh, description to Groundhog Day. Tobolowski. Oh, 
I will read the description instead from the 2005 film Stephen Tobolowsky's Birthday Party. On his birthday, actor Stephen Tobolowsky shares a series of personal and professional stories. Yeah, he's a very good storyteller. Um, he seemed to be the type of person, and I, I have one sort of scene in particular in my mind, where he's at like a like a, maybe a small dinner party, uh, and uh, just to the uh, enwrapped sort of audience of those at the party, uh, as he stands and just tells a story, uh, uh, seemingly to the great entertainment of all, including us watching. So, uh, Stephen Tobolowsky's birthday party, although I haven't watched it in a shit ton of years, four or five out of five, uh, Groundhog Day, easy, easy five out of five, please watch it. Uh, it's from one good movie to another good movie. Yay. Hot Fuzz from 2007. A skilled London police officer is transferred to a small town with a dark secret. <laughs> uh, this is, of course, uh, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, as it is one of the Coronetto Films trilogy, I suppose. So you've got uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and... Is it, oh, shoot. The End of the World? Oh, I always forget the third one's name because it's a little bit... World's End. The World's End. Yeah, pretty close. Um, this one, I, I kind of didn't 100% remember. Like, it had been long enough that I didn't remember who the quote-unquote bad guy are. <laughs> so uh, th that was nice to sort of uh, relive that, uh, <laughs> which I'm surprised I got to the end of this and uh, realized that I'm dumb because uh, it was it was very surprising to realize that I had forgot who the bad guy are. Yeah. Spoilers, I should say, which I'm supposed to say at the top of every show, but I kind of stopped giving shit because nobody listens to this podcast. So I say what I want how I want. Yay. Uh, Rating-wise, eh, I think I have to go four, just because Shaun of the Dead is a five, Groundhog Day is a five, and this is it's good. A, a good combination of uh, action and comedy. Um, yeah, uh, of the comedy action movies, this is definitely, uh, uh, you know, uh, S-tier. We could, we could easily say that. Uh, so I would recommend Hot Fuzz, but start with Shaun of the Jed if you haven't seen that. Uh, moving on to the final film from 2004, The Terminal. Oh, an Eastern European tourist unexpectedly finds himself in JFK Airport and must take temporary residence there. Uh, of course, starring Tom Hanks, this falls into the category and is probably... Jeez, might be the prime example. I, I think I maybe even have used this as an example of my sort of definition of a Sunday movie. A sort of Sunday, lazing in bed, uh, you know, sort of chillaxed movie. Uh, you're going to want to watch a movie like, including, The Terminal. Uh, it, it's just sort of really mellow and... <sighs> Starring Tom Hanks, we got Catherine uh, Zeta-Jones, we got Stanley Tucci as, uh, uh, one thing I forgot of this film is how much by the end of this movie you will hate Stanley Tucci. One of the most f evil, 
fucking assholes in any film, in just film history. Yeah. I'm putting them up there with, you know, your Darth Vader's and your Khan's and your other evil people. Hitler's. Okay, well, let's maybe not, you know, do that. <laughs> uh, also uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, which uh, I saw the very sort of right before we turned it off, which I did not realize because apparently I'm done. Catherine Zeta-Jones, sort of in her prime here. Gosh, she's beautiful. Uh, some other uh, familiar faces I am sure you will see. Uh, Zoe Saldana uh, uh, playing uh, sort of a, a airport customs person. I don't really know. Um, but uh, also part of her uh, character is loving going to Star Trek conventions, which I think is hilarious. Uh, she, uh, you know, is uh, Uhura and uh, the... Uh, the Star Trek uh, reboot. So, you know, that's a nice, cool little unexpected... I was going to say nod, but it's not really a nod, I don't think. When did... Yeah, when did that one... So this came out in two... Maybe it is a nod. Star Trek... Mm, 2009. Okay, yeah, and this came out in 2004, so it was just a strange coincidence. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, because of bureaucracy, which is a word I clearly have trouble saying, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, he can't go home, he can't go into New York City, uh, he has to stay, uh, in the airport. Uh, just simple bureaucracy is just really how you can boil it down. Uh, and I decided to, uh, uh, have a sort of a real... The, the chillest of chill Sundays. So I had the idea, uh, uh, and this is the sort of thing you do. Uh, I feel like in quarantine, you should do stuff like this, but also just in life and, uh, in a marriage, uh, do silly things. And one of the silly things we decided to do, uh, my idea, I'm going to take full credit of it. Why not? Uh, was to have a tea party. Now I'm not uh, exactly what you would call a tea drinker necessarily. However, uh, decided that, uh, we were going to have tea. We're going to have, you know, your, your finger sandwiches, uh, 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 uh put a little brandy in mind to, you know, spice it up a little bit. We're going to watch the terminal and we're just going to have the laziest of lying in bed Sundays. And that's just what we did. And I highly recommend the combination of a goddamn tea party in the terminal. Um, uh, I, th I think I have to give this a five out of five. Yeah. It, it's a movie it's had to be a third or fourth watching just heartwarming. And I really can't say it's almost, it feels strange. Like I can't say enough nice things of the terminal. I don't, it's just, it's a good movie. So shut up about it. God damn it. Game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Groundhog Day. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, uh, I have a fun one here. Uh, Titanfall 2. Oh, yeah. You know what was interesting about this? Um, like, I was playing this and uh, uh, had it on my list here to talk about. And then, uh, uh, you know, had beat the game and saw like a... 
it was like GameSpot or an IGN or some video or something somewhere where it was like uh, talking about how for some reason suddenly Titanfall 2 seems to be like very popular. Like, uh, oh, maybe it was Steam sales. Like it was like the uh, the unexpected resurgence of Titanfall 2, which uh, back in the day, like when did this come out? 2016. So... Uh, I think this falls into sort of an interesting game category in that it is a game that was very, was praised very highly by those both who played it and critics alike, but also I feel like it went under the radar a little bit, um, which is sort of a strange combination. Uh, uh, and I can verify after having played that uh, it does deserve the, uh, the the love that it received back in 2016. I uh, picked this up on Steam, obviously. Uh, it was on sale for, and that may explain. Like I think it was like half off. It was like ten bucks or something ridiculous like that. Um, and and it still looks good. Still plays amazing. Uh, yeah, I see it's got some Game of the Year awards, uh, nominees, and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, so if you're under familiar with Titanfall, the series, I suppose, um, because there's, well, at least two of them. I think I heard talk, too, that maybe there's a third one potentially brewing, hopefully, after having played this. Um, so it's kind of like a giant mech game, although saying that is not accurate, I would say, just because if you've played... Uh, Oh, what are some of those old ones where, uh, like actual giant mechs game? The, this is a game in which sometimes you are in a giant mech. Yeah, <laughs> that somehow that delineation feels more accurate. Uh, so you're just a, a, a dude in an army and you're fighting against baddies. Yeah, we've done it a million times. Now it's in the future, which we've done sometimes as well. Um, you see your commander sort of uh, ripped from his uh, uh, giant mech. These mechs are like 20 feet tall so they're not you know hundreds of feet tall or they're not like a uh, pacific rim oh shit what are those called uh pacific rim what are the giant robots called uh splicers uh i i i could google this pacific like that's allowed right i put pacific rim robots called why don't I put that robots called Jaggers oh yeah that weird name J-A-E-G-E-R-S okay well I feel disappointed by that name I thought it was something cooler anyways uh yeah so uh, a much smaller and more maneuverable version of that uh your sort of commander who uh, apparently was a big fan of you uh, dies and then his uh, uh, mech decides that uh well he was both decides and was given orders that uh, you're his new uh, pilot so he calls you sort of pilot throughout and and, and these things are seemingly uh, sentient uh, or at the very least uh, 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 have the uh, close enough to be seemingly uh, sentient <laughs> program uh, uh, to the degree where uh, by the end of the game, you and this uh, this giant robot that sometimes you're inside and sometimes you're fighting alongside, uh, you, you, you end up like really liking. And when uh, bad things happen to it, 
which I'll, I'll try not to spoil too much. Uh, you know, you feel sad. Uh, like I, I definitely felt a, a emotional connection to this thing that uh, we sort of both had saved each other's lives. Probably he had saved mine uh, more than I had saved too over the course uh, over the course of the game. Um, you're probably, if I was to do a percent. Like, it's not 50-50, I would say. Like, I'm, I'm thinking the percent of time you are inside this mech versus uh, on your own. Like, maybe 20% you're inside, which which sounds like maybe, oh, that's not enough. I want to be inside this thing, you know, fighting all the time. But uh, you don't. Uh, I, I think the ratio they actually came up with, because of the uh, sort of incredible things you can also do, uh, outside of, uh, 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 the, uh, the, the mech, your BT, um, you actually feel, uh, I'm not going to say equally powerful, but I feel like, uh, if you were to spend much more time inside this, just sort of, you know, shooting rockets and decimating the, the little guys as you're fighting, uh, fellow evil mechs, uh, uh, I feel like you would potentially get bored of it. So the ratio is, uh, I would say perfect that they come up with. Uh, story-wise, I won't go into too much, but, uh, you know, it's a, a sort of classic good versus evil, uh, war, infiltration, uh, all sorts of interesting stuff. Uh, getting from point A to point B, uh, is quite fun, uh, because you're doing a lot of wall running, double jumping, uh, you, you'll, you'll feel very sort of acrobatic. The weapons are cool. All in all, uh, um, one of the best games I've played in quite a while, uh, and I went in with knowing its sort of reputation i went in i want to say with high expectations but definitely expectations uh rating i think i'll go five out of five yeah titanfall 2 definitely recommend especially if you pick it up for uh, a steal like i did okay what's this button here where are we what's happening uh <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Groundhog Day. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, uh, I have an interesting one here uh, uh, by the name of Code Miko. Uh, uh, if you've been following along, I've uh, done some talk of uh, G4 and their return. Uh, I think last we spoke about it. Uh, uh, focused on uh, how Kasim G had uh, joined the team, which I was very excited about. Uh, uh, we have a new member. Actually, there's a couple new members. Uh, oh, shoot. I didn't get the other girl's name. Uh, uh, anyways, a uh, couple new members. One in particular I wanted to focus on, and I went down a bit of a rabbit hole with, is uh, a girl? Yeah, sure. Uh, by the name of Code Miko. Now, my hesitation there uh, was the fact that uh, uh, Code Miko is... Not a, uh, not a real girl, I suppose you would say, uh, uh or rather, uh, is portrait. Yeah, this is gonna, uh, I, I sort of went into this knowing this would be hard to explain. Okay. So, uh, uh, you can, yeah, how do I explain this? Well, you know what? Uh, I used to do something similar, not to the degree that, uh, Code Miko has done. Uh, I would stream games on Twitch and, um, on the screen, you would see a sort of, uh, uh, where, uh, oh God, where, uh, 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 where I would normally be was a polar bear. 
would sort of like move around uh as i moved around uh, his head would sort of move back and forth his uh, lips would uh, uh move and sync with mine uh, when i could get it to work that is um now the, this code miko has sort of taken this to the, uh, the nth degree uh and she wears uh, the person in real life uh, the technician aka <clears throat> wears like a suit uh has this sort of head contraption uh that points a uh, camera at her face that sort of uh, uh mimics her uh, facial expressions and as she talks the lips of her uh, avatar move yeah okay i think i'm explaining this you know as well as i can uh, and uh, uh she's like this uh, uh, uh sort of anime girl uh living in a uh, anime world <laughs> i don't know what i'm talking about and it's just sort of fascinating tech to see this sort of thing and i feel like we're gonna see more of it in future and in, in fact uh um potentially i don't know if i've mentioned this yet uh we'll be joining uh, 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 uh well already have joined but uh, we're gonna see uh in a couple of days actually from my perspective uh, uh playing uh, uh, star trek adventures streaming on twitch and the uh, game master is doing uh something not dissimilar to uh, uh to this where uh he has a avatar that we see on screen uh, that sort of idea as he runs the game we're not seeing the actual real person we're seeing this avatar sort of move and mimic uh, the, the 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 movement and actions and f and uh, 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 facial expressions of uh, uh, the person behind so that, that's sort of a, a thing i feel like we're going to see more and more of um <clears throat> so uh, it's cool it's awesome and i think what's particularly uh, helped with my uh, pulling me into the rabbit hole of Code Miko is the girl uh, who they refer to as Technician, uh, uh, who's sort of running her and created her seemingly, uh, is actually very funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of the, the, the necessary, I would say, cherry on top. Uh, because you could do this and it would be cool and entertaining for a while. But, uh, you know, if you want to keep my long term. Uh, uh, interest, you, you got to be, well, interesting, funny, uh, not just, uh, you know, doing what I'm here doing right now, which is being boring. Uh, you got to pull in my, uh, my, my, my entertainment brain. Oh God. You got to pull in my entertainment brain is a sentence I just said and I feel bad for having said you gotta pull in my entertainment brain as punishment for that horrible sentence I think that might be the episode title yep that's what I've done to myself code Miko check her out and now that she's with uh, G4, uh, hopefully we'll see more of uh, uh, the sort of interesting phenomenon. Uh, moving on to... Oh yeah, uh, the HeadGum Podcast with guest Lauren Lapkus. Very cool. Uh, Lauren Lapkus, of course, podcast royalty, I would say. Uh, definitely falls into that category of uh, podcast guests that no matter your podcast, if you have Lauren as a guest, your podcast will be good. Just sort of period, full stop. Um, so to have her on the HeadCom uh, podcast was a little unexpected. I, I, I guess she works with them 
uh, I, I think, oh shoot, what's it called? Newcomers? I think that's on HeadGum. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so it was nice to hear, like, she, this is a podcast, <laughs> the HeadGum podcast, that if you had never heard an episode and were a guest, I feel like you would be just fucking really thrown back. Like, like, like you'd have to be on the defensive the whole time. Like it's, it's sort of unlike any, it's got a little bit of a, a Hollywood handbook vibe in that the host, uh, uh, Oh shit. What's his name? <laughs> uh, Jeffrey James, Jeffrey James. Yeah uh antagonistic is too simple a way to say how he hosts this um but it is a word you could potentially use uh, so if you had not heard and and weren't someone who like lauren could roll with the punches as well as she can uh potentially it would go awry let's say but uh she was great on it uh fit right in and sort of uh fought back a little bit almost you could say and uh, uh of this podcast which is turning into uh, uh, one of my faves just because of its, uh, it's being so unlike a lot of things on the internet. Uh, oh yeah. I heard a description of it once, uh, that was very apt. Um, so sort of a improv, like the whole thing's improvised. Like they're not really going in with the skip. There's, there's some games maybe. And, uh, I forget who said it. It was something along the lines of, uh, uh, you've turned a, uh, improv podcast that would normally be yes and into no and here's why <laughs> uh so uh, yeah that's sort of apt and i didn't explain it well but i am not good at this clearly clearly moving on to the final item up for bids elena pierce resident evil playthrough yes yes uh, it's, it's kind of interesting, uh, last Resident Evil, Resident Evil 7, uh, uh, because these games are so scary, uh, I, I can't sort of play them, I can, but like, uh, I get sweaty, you know, my heart gets pumping, and it doesn't necessarily feel good as shit's uh, popping out at me, so, what I realized with Resident Evil 7, it, it, it seemed to work well, uh, I watched, now this was back in the day, <laughs> I watched uh, PewDiePie play that. I watched his playthrough of it, and uh, uh, it, it was good. It was interesting, because because I do love the these games and love the lore of these games. Um, it, it was a nice way to experience it without that sort of visceral uh, <laughs> feeling sick uh, from freaking fear. Yeah, it's it's not quite that level, but, you know. Uh, you know, it, it puts a, puts a filter between me and the, the fear, let's say. Um, and then eventually, because I had seen him do that when, uh, uh Resident Evil 7 was on sale one time on, uh, uh, Steam, I purchased it and played through it. And I think because I had had that, uh, first experience with it, um, it was sort of that, that, that filtered experience. I was able to play through it, and although there was a few jump scares, uh, overall it was much uh, less of a sweaty experience, let's say. So, I decided that uh, I'm going to attempt a similar thing uh, with, uh, uh, excuse me, Elena Pierce's uh, playthrough. Uh, she hasn't quite finished it yet, but uh, she's chugging along, and she's also a uh, entertaining watch. 
both for uh, just uh, gameplay because she uh, knows games and uh, knows some of the behind the scenes stuff. So that'll come up from time to time, which is cool. Like explaining um, one part in particular uh, was interesting. There was like a, 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 a small pond that had fish in it and uh, there was like a, a yellow uh, rope going into the pond sort of attached to a pole that doesn't really matter but in the game yellow sort of indicates uh, subtly where your player can go uh, so like a yellow box will be able to be broken uh, a yellow ladder means you can climb up to this area um, so she sort of explained that this rope into this pond likely means that people were bypassing it, not realizing they could go in and get these fish. So the developers, you know, put a yellow rope just sort of on the ground willy nilly seemingly. But the fact that it goes into the pond is a visual indication that you too can go in the pond. Uh, so, so stuff like that, sort of a, a very, very cool, uh, not to mention the fact that, uh, 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 it's fun and I've done this for years and years, I think friggin' since I started watching shit on YouTube, uh, it's fun to watch people play scary games and, uh, their occasional screams, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I was get a little kick out of it because you're sort of removed. So, uh, now my hope is, uh, when one day resident evil eight is on sale on steam, I will, uh, pick that up and, uh, be able to play through it with less of that gut wrenching fear. Yay. Folks, we, I suppose, have done it. <sighs> By it, I mean a podcast episode has been recorded. Successfully, seemingly, as I look at my uh, audacity and uh, see the waveform of my words. The waveform of my words. Folks, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper